This is all an act. She's been putting on a show for some time now, and we'll see if the voters of Arizona buy it. Welcome to the Political Notebook podcast. I'm Billy Robb. I'm a high school teacher, and I am talking with my dad, Robert Robb, who is now writing about politics and public policy at robertrobb.substack.com. And on the last episode of this podcast, at the very end, we were wondering why Ducey hadn't yet entered the campaign <laughs> on behalf of uh, Karen Taylor Robeson, um, but he ended up making an endorsement the very next day. The clip you heard uh, at the beginning of the podcast was Ducey um, this past weekend on CNN criticizing uh, Carrie Lake. Um, he criticized her for, for being a fake conservative and for lying about the uh, 2020 election. Um, so I want to talk about the significance of this of this primary race. And towards the end, I'm interested to know um, how strong you think the Democrats are heading into the into the midterm election. So, so first question here. I was gonna I was gonna ask about if the Republican Party is finally breaking with Trump, um, but I've asked that question about 50 times over the past few years. It's never happened. So uh, I'm I'm done with that question. But the polls show a close race between uh, Ropes and Lake. We got two weeks before Election Day. Early voting has already started. How do you see this race uh, shaping up? What What do you think is the significance um, of a of a Lake win versus a a Ropes and win? Well, I actually think your question that you're now abandoning is is uh, gaining uh, <laughs> fresh salience um, because. Um, Doug Ducey's a very cautious politician, uh, and I find it uh, doubtful that he would have come out as forcefully, both in the governor's race and the secretary of state's race, and say what he um, said about the 2020 election, um, which many of us think is was long overdue, um, if there wasn't some fairly strong political signs, and I suspect uh, polling, uh, that uh, indicated that it would um, benefit and might push uh, Robeson and uh, Bo Lane over the top, uh, and that it was now okay to make this a um, race in which uh, was in part against Trump. So you don't uh, think, go ahead. Go, go ahead. So you, so you don't think it was like, oh crap, uh, Lake might win. We better campaign as strong as we can to prevent that outcome. Um, you think if the polling was saying the opposite, it would have been, hey, let's stay out of this and just be and just be safe. Well, there's and two, not two elements to it. It, it, it is uh, Ducey's calculation and it is Robeson's calculation. Uh, so even if uh, Ducey had uncharacteristically uh, decided, I need to do this irrespective of what effect it has because it's the right thing to do, uh, the Robeson camp, if uh, the Robeson camp felt that it was going to damage their prospects uh, rather than benefit them, uh, would have said, no, 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 don't do that. And I can't imagine that uh, Ducey would have done it without uh, the um, acceptance uh, of the Robeson campaign, and the Robeson campaign played it up big. Uh, and uh, making part of it uh, a 
condemnation of uh, perpetuating the myths about the integrity of the 2020 election uh, makes it even more a sharp contrast uh, with what I've called the Trump cultist uh, ticket. Um, and uh, that's going to be amplified on Friday with Mike Pence coming into town uh, to uh, for a rally for Robeson at the same time that Trump is uh, approximately the same time that Trump is having a rally for for his ticket. So right. I do think that this is uh, in part um, a, a fight for uh, control in the Republican Party. And I think that it is a sign that uh, there's a feeling that Republican candidates can be braver in terms of charting a course, at least independent of Trump, uh, if not directly uh, in conflict with him. Right. People, people have been talking about this as a, as a proxy war. I guess now it's proxy war because now both Mike Pence and um, Governor Ducey have come in for Robeson and, and uh, Trump was already in for, in for Lake early. I mean, to me, it was all, it was already a proxy battle because, because Lake um, would obviously be a proxy governor for, you know, what, what you call the, uh, the Trump cult. So it was a matter of is, is that going to be in power or not? Um, but it also seems like it's kind of like previewing maybe what a, what a Trump 2024 primary um, campaign would look like. Um, because, you know, I've always thought, hey, if you're going to go against Trump, you have to undercut the big lie, right? Because you can't, you can't have everyone believing that he actually won. And then one of the key, uh, you know, points of attack on him is going to be like, well, he's, he lost and, and that, that weakens him. So I was always, obviously I was wanting people to be more forceful, for, forceful earlier, but do you think, do you think the campaign against Lake is sort of a trial run, um, win or lose, maybe a trial run for what a, what a campaign, a primary campaign against, against, uh, Trump would look like in 2024. I, I think that's too strong, and I think describing it as a proxy that, that the real battle here is Trump versus Ducey or Trump versus Pence uh, is also too strong. You, you, you have one of the two candidates, Robeson or Lake, uh, are going to be the Republican nominee uh, for governor. Uh, and their individual characteristics and the campaigns that they're running remain meaningful. Uh, but I do think that it's a sign uh, that uh, there is now perceived in Arizona uh, room to distance Republican politicians uh, from Trump uh, and specifically and more surprisingly to me, uh, the um, myth that uh, the 2020 election was stolen and that he didn't lose it. Uh, the fact that it's perceived in the Robeson campaign that at least allowing a surrogate, Ducey, to make that one of the points in favor of Robeson and against Lake uh, indicates, as I said, that there's now a perception that there's political space there. 
that the Robeson campaign early on clearly didn't perceive there to be. Uh, she wanted to hew as close to catering to uh, the big lie as she could without actually enunciating it herself. Um, now repudiation of the big lie uh, is part of the argument in favor of her, right. uh, at least made by uh, Ducey. And again, my assumption is that this is all completely coordinated and calculated based upon um, political intelligence and probably a lot of polling. What do you think will be the difference between uh, Robeson and uh, Ducey? Um, I, I've, you know, I the debate, um, the candidates didn't get a full chance to really articulate <laughs> themselves um, as much as I would have liked, you know, watching it. But but um, Robeson did do an interview uh, with um, Bram Resnick on Sunday Square Off, and I thought it was interesting. She didn't quite answer the question about her differences with Ducey. But what do you think? What do you think would be the the if she was a governor, what do you think her governing style would be differently than, than a governor Ducey? Uh, I have no idea, and I'm not sure she does. Um, her uh, agenda for Arizona uh, has been pretty formulaic, uh, and um, she's running on issues that either have nothing to do with the governorship or is only tangentially related to the governorship. She's running basically on the border and uh, anti-Biden. And there's nothing that the governor of the state of Arizona can do to thwart uh, Biden's uh, agenda. And there's precious little that uh, a governor can do that would have any meaningful effect with respect to the border. And But that is what she's running on based presumably on Again, polling that says that's what uh, Republican primary voters want to hear. Um, she's a pretty, in the past, she's been a pretty standard issue, um, business-oriented, establishment Republican. Uh, and uh, I certainly wouldn't anticipate uh, any uh, bold reform agenda, uh, or I think we would have heard about it and. Uh, yeah. She would be running on it. So I think she will be, she's likely to be uh, like Ducey, who I've described as an inbox governor, um, and deal with things as they come up, and mostly from a pro-business, establishment, Republican, um, moderate, conservative perspective. Yeah, I'd be interested. I, I wish I wish the issues would have been talked about more in this campaign. Uh, I've read her education policies. I think um, I'll just be interested to see if those come up more in, the, in a general campaign. I would love to see more discussion about policy differences. Uh, although I'm sure we'll just see a lot of uh, a lot of attacks on the on the ads and stuff, but. Um, but hopefully they'll debate. I hope I hope they do have have a substantive debate. Whoever the candidates are, um, I'd like to see some more <laughs> substantive uh, debates going going at the general. But we'll, but we'll see. Um, all right, switching gears a little bit. Dem the Democrats. We haven't talked as much about uh, about them. Um, may, partly because there's not as many competitive primaries. We're going to see uh, Mark Kelly 
competing again for for U.S. Senate. Uh, Katie Hobbs likely winning the primary over uh, Marco Lopez for governor. There's Chris Mays um, unopposed for attorney general. Superintendent of Public Instruction Kathy Hoffman unopposed. Um, and then for Secretary of State, it's going to be either Reggie Boulding or Adrian Fontes. Um, what's your overall sense of the strength of the Democrat ticket? And is there any um, um, candidate that, I don't know, stands out as, as being the anchor maybe for the for the Democrat team? Well, I, I think if uh, Robeson is the Republican nominee in a, uh, and if we, we continue to have a political landscape that tilts heavily towards uh, the Republicans, and the election is seen primarily as a referendum on the Biden administration, um, then I think Katie Hobbs uh, will have great difficulty gaining any traction and making the general election much of a race uh, against uh, Robeson. Uh, I just don't think that she's a strong enough candidate individually uh, to uh, change uh, the political agenda. On the other hand, uh, if Lake is the Republican nominee, and particularly if Trump announces for president in 2024, during this election cycle, which is what he's giving every indication that he intends to do, well, then suddenly the election isn't necessarily a referendum on Biden and his administration and democratic governance. Uh, it becomes a referendum, at least in part, uh, on Donald Trump uh, and uh, his hand-picked candidate uh, for governor. And so that gives Hobbs a chance, I think, um, to make it a contest. I, I, I think that race, if, if Lake is the nominee and Trump announces for president, uh, I think that's pretty much a toss-up. Now, what's most interesting to me is the way that Mark Kelly's um, prospects are being uh, greatly enhanced um, by the gridlock that's occurred in Washington, D.C. Um, uh, he, and, and, and mostly Joe Manchin, just whittling away uh, Biden's uh, Build Back Better program to virtually nothing. Uh, it began life as this uh, giant deficit-financed expansion of the social welfare state. Uh, and Kelly gave every indication that he was going to vote for it. Uh, it was initially stopped uh, by uh, Manchin and, and uh, Kirsten Sinema. Uh, and uh, if he had been on record voting for it, or if it was coming back in any substantial form, that would have made him f made it far more difficult for him to run in 2022 as he ran in 2020 as an independent centrist, because that's a real liberal progressive agenda. And in a Republican leaning year, um, I think he would have been in serious trouble, even against a weak Republican nominee, which I think, however, the Republican uh, primary turns out, the Republican nominee will be very, very weak. Um, but he's been spared all that. 
um, and, and he was able to get credit for working with cinema on the infrastructure bill. Uh, and uh, Manchin now is saying no tax increases of any kind, uh, no big social spending programs. The only thing he's willing to talk about is prescription drugs and no climate change stuff. And, and so if particularly, again, if Trump announces for the presidency uh, in uh, in, in this election cycle for 2024, um, and Kelly's got more money than probably any candidate uh, in the history of politics for a U.S. Senate seat. Huh. Uh, he has uh, the ability to make this a referendum on on uh, uh, Trump because uh, because either um, it, both the two likely winners on the Republican side, Blake Masters and Jim Lehman, are Trump devotees. Yeah. Um, so uh, what, what ought to be, frankly, an easy gain for the Republicans in the U.S. Senate race, both because of the poor quality of candidates that decided to run for it and their fealty to Trump, um, I think uh, gives Kelly a very good shot. Uh, yeah, it's really retaining it's, the seat. It's really a shame that 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 that's what happened in this in the in the U.S. Senate race, especially because now with sort of the the Ducey Pence um, faction sort of aligning against, I don't know if, if that's a faction um, that's strong enough to win, but you know it would have helped them to have a U.S. Senate candidate that was competitive, that was not a stop the steal. <laughs> candidate uh but there's not and there really was no i guess bo lane maybe uh, a pure uh in the sense of like has never dabbled in the the conspiracies or the um or the stop the steal nonsense um, what's interesting that Ducey has not come out and last time he 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 came out the day after we <laughs> we speculated as to why he wasn't coming yeah, out. Yeah, the shelf but life so, on that one wasn't too great, but <laughs> but he, he's not endorsed a candidate in the U.S. Senate race or the Attorney General race. Yeah, I was in, I was interested in what and in what he would have um, said about that, but but yeah, it's interesting. What do you think? So last last question here on the on the on the Democrats. Um, do you think they'll they'll be able to Mark Kelly or or um, the other Democrats will be able to um, campaign on, in a positive way? Talking about the infrastructure bill and the bipartisan uh, gun control bill, I, I read an interesting article uh, recently by Freed um, Zakaria. He kind of <laughs> he wrote it in a little trollish way, talking about pronouns, but he was actually making some good points about how there, there is a lot of good messaging possibilities that the Democrats could make about their accomplishments. And, and um, he says, well, they, they should be going around the country touting all these, all these uh, infrastructure things are building, but you can't, <laughs> it's hard to build things in all these, <laughs> in a lot of these cities because of all the bureaucracy that's there in order to, to actually, to bring the infrastructure dollars uh, into life. Do you think that, do you think that's something that's going to be a positive thing for the Democrats. Some of those uh, bipartisan accomplishments they can they can tout the infrastructure bill and the bipartisan gun law. Only if uh, Trump makes the monumental political misstep of announcing for president uh, in um, in this election cycle. Um, if 
he doesn't, then I think this is a referendum on the Biden administration. And despite those accomplishments, uh, dissatisfaction uh, with uh, the performance of the Biden administration uh, is um, huge and broad, broad spread. Uh, if Trump makes it about him, uh, uh, rather than leaving it to be about a referendum on the performance of the Biden administration, uh, then in addition to the negative that Kelly has, I think that does give him an opening uh, to say, hey, look at these centrist bipartisan accomplishments that I uh, w was able to uh, be part of. Uh, so I did what I, I did what I said I would do in 2020, and I governed in a centrist, independent way. So this doesn't have to be a choice between Biden and, or Trump. Uh, this this can be, uh, in terms of a positive message, um, I'm who I said I was uh, in uh, 2020, and I delivered. So I, but I think in order to get there and to create the political space for that argument to gain some traction, uh, he needs for Trump to be a more prominent role than he's likely to be independent of Trump making the political mistake of, uh, or misstep of declaring his candidacy for 2024. A Democratic gubernatorial candidate would have an easier time um, crafting an independent set of policies and saying, you know, if you want to vote against the Biden administration and U.S. Senate and Congress, that's fine. Uh, but that's irrelevant to the governor's race. And here's my agenda for Arizona. And my opponent really doesn't have one. So I think there would be more of a political opportunity uh, for a Democrat to create a positive message about what the Democrat wanted to do for the state as governor. I don't know that Katie Hobbs um, has the political moxie to pull that off, um, but the opportunity I think exists there uh, more than at the um, U.S. Senate level. All right. Well, let's let's uh, leave it there for the podcast uh, for now. Last question. I'm sure you watched the British Open this week. What'd you think? I did. You, who were you rooting for? And what'd you think? It was a pretty exciting finish, huh? Well, in, in, in golf and until the Saudi tour, I, I never rooted against anybody. I, <laughs> I, I like nearly all of them. And in this case, I really like uh, Cam Smith's game. Uh, and uh, it was heartbreaking for Rory McIlroy, but um, he was someone that everybody was rooting for, particularly... Uh, the fans in in attendance. So, for me, there couldn't have been a bad outcome, and it was uh, remarkable golf down the stretch by Cam Smith. Yeah, I was. I never was a huge fan of McIlroy uh, until he became a a booster for the PGA Tour, <laughs> and the other guys weren't. But you're gonna get a Cam uh, haircut. <laughs> 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 he, he even in my quasi hippie days as a very young man i i never had a mullet <laughs> i had long almost hey. shoulder length hair but not that <laughs> it's back in style 
<laughs> for your retirement due. I can see it. But <clears throat> all right. Well, thanks everyone for listening to the Political Notebook podcast. You can find us in a podcasting app, and you can subscribe to Robert Rob on robertrob.substack.com. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next time.